I started a podcast today. What? <laughs> Called Radical Hospitality. Oh, nice. Gene and I are both like, yeah, it'd be really cool to start a podcast. That's a great idea. And I'm just like thinking about all the different things while Peter quietly went and got a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Todd Watley, and uh, I have recently decided that I'd like to try and figure out what storytelling looks like in the context of people being good to other people um, in a segment that I'm calling Radical Hospitality. So I'm in Louisiana at the moment um, and I wanted to introduce Jeannie Lyons or rather have Jeannie Lyons introduce herself <laughs> she is more than capable of doing. Hi, I'm Jeannie Lyons. I am a musician. I'm traveling the country with my partner, Peter Christian, and we've been on the road for about three weeks now. So also, just, I'll just figure this out maybe. So the whole idea behind this segment is just that I, I think that there's a powerful um, work um, in the world and that is the work that other that folks do for one another and I think that a lot of the time we see stories that show up um, about things that happen good or bad but we don't get to hear some of those pieces that connect us to other folks right so you meet someone and you interact with them in a small kind of fleeting way and that story becomes a part of your story um, but I don't think that we often really dig into um, kind of the impact of what it would be like to remember that piece of your story and their story and we don't really get to explore that and figure that out and I think it would be I think it's going to be interesting to try and hear from folks the things that uh, happen to them and with them or that they help make happen in the world that are connected to how we can be good to one another that can be connected to how others are good to us and how we can meet needs um, meet the needs that folks have in a way that's radically different than just watching somebody pass by who needs something and so the idea of radical hospitality has been for us uh, this idea that like if you genuinely give someone everything that they need, um, trust them to be appreciative um, and trust them to accept your generosity and then let that be your positive influence in the world and not ask for anything in return. Don't You don't have to ask someone for something back. And so Kayla, my partner, and I decided uh, a little over a year ago that whenever we interacted with someone uh, who, whether they said they needed something or not, we would open our home, we would try to feed them, try to, you know, give them a place to stay and some folks to interact with. And so that's kind of been what this entire concept was, and that's the way it's worked for us. And that's kind of what this will, would be about. Jeannie and Peter 
um, are traveling around the country in a Scotty, <laughs> which is their awesome camper with the cat Jasper, <laughs> and showed up yesterday to the porch, first to the coffee shop, which is behind us, and then to the porch. Mm-hmm. And so we spent some time last night talking about lots of different things. So, I don't know, do you want to tell... We are intrigued by this house coffee shop combo. Mm. Found y'all on Yelp. And... (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We found you and the other coffee shop in town. Yeah, yeah, okay. Going downtown. And... I was just intrigued by this, like, this house coffee shop. Like, it's got to be inviting. It's got to be hospitable. It's in a home. Yeah. There's a, there's, it's pretty cool, actually. So Catherine, who owns this house, she inherited this house from her mother, Juanita, whose namesake is also the little orange cat that runs around. Um... His name Who was on is top of Juanita. our Jeep last night. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to get on top of things. Um, but yeah, so she got this house and wanted to be back in Alexandria for a little while. And so she took a job working for the city and the rest is history. Now it's a restaurant and coffee shop and porch yeah. where people hang out and tell stories. So do you guys, you guys are, last night you were talking a little bit about how you sort of transitioned into doing this, like, as what you do, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to, like, this being a side thing that's just, like, fun, like, it turned into something that, like, you kind of dove headfirst into, right? Yeah, I have pretty much always made money in the restaurant service industry like going back to my first job as 15 year old first job on the books working in a restaurant and like always had passions of music and dance and performance and theater and always had this story like along with it of I'm not good enough you know I'm, I can't really do that as a career it's too hard, like I'm not well trained enough, and then went to college for anthropology, and still always did music as like the side passion, and worked at this amazing cafe in Philly, worked a couple other amazing jobs too, but never took that leap of saying like, no, music is what I love, music Mm. is what drives me, and what I mean, my name is Jeannie, so since I was little, I've been obsessed with dreams and, yeah. like, the possibility of people being able to follow their dreams mm. and wasn't walking the talk, like, was working in a job that wasn't my passion and doing the thing, doing the music on the side. So taking that leap, like, with my partner, <laughs> saying, like, no, you know, if we want to inspire other people to live out their dreams, we got to do it. We just got to take that leap and go into the unknown. Like, for me, it's really the unknown because I've never made a living just on music. Mm. And when I met Peter and saw, I was super inspired by Peter, who 
a couple years back said, I'm only going to make money off of music. Like, that's what I'm about. So it was kind of like Peter setting that example for me. And then for both of us to say, all right, we love this electronic collaboration. Like, this is, it's both of our artistic outlets that we never knew would fulfill us like it's like really unexpected that we're so fulfilled by this style of music and that it's wacky and like some people are going to hate it and some people are going to love it but this is what really just feels good in the moment and for both of us to say all right let's go on the road like let's do this we don't know how it's going to be done like because peter was making money off of opera and choral music and administrative work so for Peter, it's also a new leap to say, I'm going to make money off of the music that matters to me most and that I'm fulfilled by. So that, like, three weeks ago we left. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're in central Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, the, I, I, uh, I remember a little bit about when you were telling your story that we talked um, kind of about how there's this, like, intersection of... Um, like you were passionate about anthropology um, and went to school for it because you wanted to help people Mm -hmm. Um, but then we talked a little bit about how you're also helping folks with music and so you're like choosing to like let those things intersect with like that trust that there are other folks doing um, doing some of that work that you felt like you like needed to be done which is you know I remember you saying that's why you wanted to do anthropology was so you could help people and so I'm, I'm interested like to like how because for I think for a lot of folks like the the that like intersection of like what we have been who we have wanted to be um, you know is important you know it's 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 a very it's a lifelong thing like you're constantly investing in the kind of person you want to be what do you want to be? How do you want to be in the world? But then, like, giving yourself that freedom to trust that other people will do some of these things that they're extremely passionate about and that freeing you up to do your version of what you're passionate about and letting that also be helpful in the world. And so I'm curious, like, I guess, like, if you if you could say more about, like, how that transition works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I remember being probably like when I was seven and seeing Martin Luther King Jr. like seeing the video of the I Have a Dream speech. And I was so moved by that. I'm like, that's the kind of person I want to be. Like, I want to be able to have my words resonate with people in a way that has them look at the world differently and transform their actions or like relate to human beings in a new way and at the same time I was like taking all these dance classes and Mm. loving to sing like being in our house listening to musical theater and just dancing around the living room like there's so much joy in that expression for me and I think even from that young age I had this idea that I couldn't go that route like I couldn't go the artistic free spirited joyous route and make the different the kind of difference in the world that a person like Martin Luther King Jr. made like somehow I created that 
as like reality. Mm. And so there was always my experience of myself of being like two different kinds of people. Like this one, you know, going all the way through high school who's really passionate about like environmental studies right. and making the difference in the environment and inspiring people to like alter the world in that way and uh, social services like helping people in that realm and I even in college like interned at a drug rehabilitation center and then there's still this side of me that's like I love dancing I love singing I love movement I love creativity but how is it all going to come together? Like, <laughs> right. Where does this come together? It mm. does. Like I was convinced that it doesn't come together. And it wasn't until a few years ago where I started to look at like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Music makes a huge impact in the world. And, you know, just to pick a few people out for me that caused revolutions out of their music and out of their performance, it's like Nina Simone. Mm. Like that woman just being on stage, being a black woman on stage who's like owning her body, owning her voice, like didn't really speak about women's rights, like didn't really speak about racial equality, but just represented that as a possibility out of being on stage and like putting everything out there and having these really moving instrumental and vocal like performances that causes revolution. Right. Like, just being yourself and show, sharing your creativity in the, with the world, like, you are the possibility of humanity transforming in a more, like, equal, connected way. So, like, Nina Simone, and then, I mean, storytellers. You're talking about storytellers, and inside of music, like, even, you know, the Beatles... Bob Dylan, like these are revolutionaries. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like John Lennon. I mean, just this one song, Imagine, that song shakes people to their core and has them question, like, what are we all doing here? What's possible? Those songs and those performers are part of revolution. Like, they're part of transforming the world for in, in a better way. And I just didn't get that as a young person. Like, I thought that the intellectuals made all the difference. I thought wow. that, like, going into anthropology, being an academic, like, I thought that was the route to make the biggest change and was talking about personal integrity. Like, that would have been cool like, going that route, there's nothing wrong with it sure. if 100% of my soul was in it. Like, but it wasn't. There was still all those, but what about my performance passion? What about my music passion? I want it all to work together. So, and like what we talked about last night, all of this coming together, I had just found this piece of wisdom where it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm obsessed with all these different outlets, all these different forms of revolution, like making a difference in the LBGT community, making a difference in the environmental activism community, in the slow food movement, mm. in like 
not having child labor around the world, like not having kids make my Nike shoes. Like, how do I impact all of that? Ah! <laughs> and that's what I was saying last night. It's like, wait a minute. There are awesome people in all of those realms, like putting their heart and soul into having an impact, into having like social change. I don't have to have the direct connection to each of those. Like I have to, I have to choose one and put myself into it 100% and then trust that there are amazing human beings out there impacting those realms. And like that, coming to terms with that and like owning that piece of wisdom, because you can have wisdom and just not own it, but right. I'm like, I'm going to own that sure. so that I can allow myself to take on one realm like wholeheartedly. So there's like this, you know, I, I, I really like that. And there's like that, this idea that if you, you, you know, you can trust that there are people doing good work while not at the same time going 100% in the opposite direction, saying that, well, oh, someone else will do it. I don't have to do any of it. It's just yeah. that you're choosing to line up the person that you've always wanted to be, the person that wants to accomplish good in the world, but also the person who wants to do it in a way that fulfills them, you know, which is, I think, I think that like if we had more of that, like if there were more folks who are willing to take the pieces of it that they are passionate about and just invest that, you keep saying at revolution, like invest in that idea of revolution from the lens, I guess, or the frame that they have been given that they developed as as a child or as an adult that they have kind of come to terms with this is how this is how I want to show up now what do I do with it mm -hmm. right and so if you're I guess I guess the the crucial thing there is that you're still focusing on accomplishing that goal of helping folks but you've just chosen to do it in a way that is also fulfilling to you right yeah. so it's like practicing self-care by also helping the world right yeah which is totally, like, I love that you use the phrase self-care. Like, self-love, self-care, and, like, nurturing one's own passions and dreams. That's what I'm passionate about. So mm. if I'm not doing that, how am I supposed to <laughs> right. inspire others to do it? Sure. And I really see, like... I see nurturing one's creative self as having such a huge impact on personal life, family life, community life, and the world. Like, you know, in the US when we're going around and we're cutting all the budgets in schools, the first things that get cut are arts and music budgets. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is the, the part of our human being that if we nurture it, that has such a huge impact on all of the other realms on like our scientific progression on on that type of thinking that when we nurture this side that's difficult to talk about because it's not necessarily using words it's music movement dance that part of our intelligence if we don't nurture that it negatively impacts the other like types of our intelligence so that's where i i really stand for people like Oh man, I wish I could play the guitar. Pick up the guitar, touch a guitar. Right. Like give yourself 15 minutes of your day to explore that. When you do, like so much opens up. 
And when you honor that part of yourself, like the rest of your life is enriched. So I really want, like, I want to inspire people in that way to, to give themselves space to dance a little, to play, like, tap on the table and like, pretend you're playing the drums. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and for the longest time, I didn't allow myself that privilege because right. Right. I didn't think it mattered as much as the other types of intelligences. Man, and that's like that's so so much of a, a thing I think for folks is that like internalized oppression, like this belief that like my version of good in the world isn't isn't meaningful mm. because it's not like we talked about the other day, it's not always as measurable. It's not turned into a metric that people use for this, that or the other. But like your story is meaningful just because it's your story, right? And the same is true for folks that you want to inspire to live their stories in ways that is nurturing for the, the version of themselves that they want to be in the world, that is nurturing for, for them as like people who are trying to accomplish goals for, for better, but ne- not necessarily are connected to the avenue that they would choose had they been given that space to create, right? Mm, and yeah. so for, I think... A big part of it, or one question that I have too is like, how does the journey like tie into that, right? So you guys aren't staying put in Philly accomplishing this, like you're in a Jeep with a Scotty behind it and a cat and you're taking off randomly running into people in Louisiana or Texas or Kansas City, Missouri or wherever you end up. So why i guess like why the journey element is that just like part of the self-care for you is that like the wanderlust like being Mm. able to like experience new things or is that part of how you want to accomplish that revolution Mm. like how does that tie in yeah i think it's a bunch of different things one we both love traveling we both are really inspired by seeing new places and meeting new people and for me like I've always traveled traveled the world like used to make a point of every year going traveling internationally and what I love about travel one thing I love about traveling is that it fulfills what I imagine about humanity is that like we all have these same underlying desires of like connecting with one another, of expressing love, of like discovering similarities between one another, and getting to see the different nuances and differences between cultures, like even just in the US, you know? So like that's really fulfilling for both of us, having that like ongoingly all the time, new places. So that's one thing. Two, you know, I was in Philly for 11 years and have formed amazing communities, like communities that I know I can always go back to and that I have deep roots with and just love, like love my time spent there. Um, So that's like, I always know there's a home there (laughs) and the other places too, but Philly especially. And three, what I see and what I noticed when we like finally just said, this is what we're doing. We're going on this journey. We've got our Scotty, we've got our Jeep. That 
opened up something for everyone around us, for our closest friends, for our mentors, for our acquaintances, for our coworkers. Like, when you take on something like that, like something that seems totally unexpected and a drastic change to what you were doing, it allows the people around you to be like, huh, you know, what am I doing? Like, right. is there a dream that I thought of 10 years ago that's still lingering that like maybe I want to bring to surface now like it it stirs something up for the people around us in our it stirred something up for people around us in our Philly community especially of like huh what's possible for me like even just one person said wow this is really inspiring for me to like really take on my credit card debt Hmm. Not that we even talked about money with that person specifically, but out of them watching us accomplish something really fast, like in a month of time, it struck up this conversation for them of like, okay, I'm going to take this on. Like, it inspired something really like related, but not related for that person to think about. And for our closest friends, um, Eric and Aaron, now they're like, oh, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're gonna move there. Like, it got people into action in a way that if we had just stayed in Philly, we wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have had those conversations. That would have, wouldn't have stirred anything up. So, I don't know. That's probably an unexpected result of it, but that's really inspiring for us. Like, we love doing things that inspire people in new ways and like gives them new perspective on their own life well, I think that's like you're saying exactly what you started out with like telling the story about like I really wanted to, if you really want to you know like you're saying if you really want to play the guitar we'll pick up the guitar like it's the same principle right like you're doing something that's caring for yourself because you love the traveling the wandering the exploring and you're also it's by doing what you love, it's inspirational to others, right? So yeah. it's the same thing with music. Like, you know, you decided, like, no, this is what I love. I can still be revolutionary by doing what I love. And it's having that effect on folks, too, like your friends. You know, like, if you, you know, I think it's it's telling that, like, even if it was unintended, it's directly, it's the same exact thing that you are already planning on doing. It's like, I'm going to do this thing that I love to do and trust that it will be, what it needs to be for others who see it happen, right? And so, like, another thing that I thought of while you were saying that is, like, the so loving to travel is, like, the fact that you guys are doing that in sort of a minimalist way. Is that, like, how you facilitate being able to do it? Because, I mean, travel is definitely, like, you know, like, a lot of folks think of, you know, and it's true that time is this enormous resource, right? Like, to be able to decide I'm just gonna go right like that's something that a lot of folks like that resource is not always available right like for people with like two or three kids you know like single parent maybe who's trying to like work three or four jobs just to put food on the table right so like that's time as a resource but like that's a resource that you have but like is it a resource that is made possible by living minimalist I mean I've been inside mm. the camper right like there's <laughs> there's not a lot in there right mm -hmm. which I totally dig that I'd love it um, but I mean is that part of what facilitates that I would say yeah I would say that I've always been a minimalist even when not on the road and like Peter definitely too that 
we've always had low monthly expenses. <laughs> Before we met each other, and then when we met each other and like formed our partnership, that even when we're not on the road, monthly expenses are low. And we both are in fortunate situations of having no school debt, of like being able to together eliminate any credit card debt and have savings to really invest in this, like invest in this undertaking, which is really, if people want to call it a career, like we're investing in our music career and then in our overall lifestyle. So we had savings to put towards that. It was just kind of cool because it is in a way like we're starting our music career and it's a business where someone made like take out a business loan to set up their career but like we had the savings to do so and then we're inspired by minimal minimalistic living and we're inspired by playing the game of having a really low budget <laughs> like not having to spend a lot of money is fun for us it's like a fun game to play because we experience such abundance and like like yes last night you guys walked inside I'm like oh my god we're so rich like we're so wealthy I mean getting to have the experience here of, with you and your radical hospitality like we're living like kings and queens <laughs> on a really low budget so I think I got off the question there but no, no. <laughs> that's actually that's great like that transitions into kind of like sort of like what the I think the whole thing is culminating into too is that like so for for folks that want to to seek inwardly and look for what it is that makes them tick right like the whether that's music for you know or dance for you guys or um, you know whether for some folks that may be like you know I don't know flowers or whatever whatever yeah. whatever it is that you really dig that you really like you're about that but you don't think it's connected to either helping folks or setting things right in the world or whatever mm. i think a big I, I i guess i would ask like like how important is it to find people along the way who are willing to like be what you need when you need it like like huh. is it something that like you expect to find like do you expect people to like meet the needs that you have and and is that part of like when you say you trust people to be good like is that part of that like trust folks to help take care of you help you accomplish what this is um or is it more like when that happens it's great or like how does that play into it because you are like vulnerable right like mm -hmm. you've gotten in the back of this like whatever it is 10 by 7 trailer <laughs> with a cat and uh, a solar panel that powers a fan and uh, you know and just taken off like you know you're saying like you guys have a pretty low budget but like is that part like you mentioned radical hospitality that's something I'm curious like um, as you go forward like how much of that do you optimistically or, or realistically like expect to encounter mm. along the way and what is that how does that affect your goal of trying to accomplish this life in the way that is fulfilling to you, but also affecting those around you. Yeah, that's cool. That's like really cool question, how you created that. 
It's all totally unexpected to me. Like, any hospitality we've experienced on the route so far is, it's completely unexpected. And not, like we don't have the expectation. I don't know, I was thinking about this a little last night. Like, what feels really great about it is that I don't have the experience of myself being righteous, traveling around the country saying like, people should take care of us. We should we should be hospitalized. We're in the South, so that means everyone should take care of us. <laughs> like, none of that is there for me. It, it's more, it's kind of the opposite. Like, having this slight fear of, we're on our own, we don't know anybody, we're going into uncharted territory for us. Like, that's maybe a little voice in, in the background that's, you know, scared of what we're doing. But then, of course, the word trust comes into play. Like, well, deep down, I believe that people want to be connected. People want to share stories with one, of, one another. People want to, like, share love in whatever, whatever way they choose with each other. So that's the, that's the lens that I s imagine is possible with people and then there's that fear in the background of like no I'm alone this is scary and then so far in like our three week journey or so people have shown up in the loving caring realm of like wow here's another human being who's on the road with a cat like somebody when we were in Houston um, at this course and shared like we're on the road with our cat immediately like this woman came up to me and was like you have a cat you're in houston cats like die in the heat we need to make sure your cat's taken care of like that was totally unexpected wow. i had no idea somebody was listening to our story and had that concern in mind and was just willing to waltz right up to me and say like we need to make sure your cat's taken care of this week and i'm like oh my god you're amazing <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> So every, everything that we've experienced in the realm of generosity for me has been unexpected and like, we'll be okay without it. Like, everything is okay without it. And it's so amazing that we get to experience those things. Like, it's so powerful. I'm just thinking of when I'm really old and sharing these stories with mm. our little ones and their little ones, like, that we get to share stories about human generosity is a gift. Like, that's what I want our world to have stories about. And my aunt and uncle are super inspiring for me. Like, they travel all the time. They're hardly people. And I was always inspired by their stories of the friends they made along the way, like the connections they have forever because of their traveling and their talking with people. And like. Okay, they said that's possible. Like, it's got to be possible. So, should I get off track again? <laughs> yeah, great. So, yeah, it's not, it's not expected, and we actively practice that vulnerability. Like, we want to connect with people, so you got to be a little bit vulnerable to yeah. connect with people. Man, that's so true, and I think that's so crucial, is the, like, there are folks who's, and this will kind of transition well, I think, into, like, um, but like I think I think that there are people who want to do that, right? Like there are people who want to to talk to you about your cat. They want to take care of the cat, right? Yeah. There's people out there who deep down all they really want is someone <laughs> to say, 
my cat needs some help, and they can say, well, luckily, yeah. <laughs> my goal is to help take care of cats. Yes. Right? Like, there are people out there who really are looking for ways that they can accomplish good for others, and maybe just, like, a very specific way, the same way that you want to do music or you want to travel, you know, that the, the trust that, like, there is this, you keep talking about connectedness, and, like, there really is this network. You know, last night we talked about things that are kind of woven together, like how these lives are woven together. And I think part of what you should feel good about, you know, when you're done with this trip or whatever and you've got your little ones and your little ones' little ones and you're <laughs> telling the story is that, like, generosity is a gift, right? But it's a gift that, like, people are gracious to give. Like, mm -hmm. they enjoy giving, yeah. right? At least... Some folks, you know, and like I think that there there are those people that maybe begrudgingly do nice things, but how does that even work? Like how <laughs> how do you feel? I don't know, but like it's just um, I think I think the crucial piece of it is that like that vulnerability is the avenue by which trust is made. Like mm -hmm. you cannot accomplish the trust that you keep mentioning without being vulnerable because trust is by definition vulnerability yeah like to actually choose to put your trust in something or the, the world or the people who make it up and trust that they're doing good you have to yourself then be vulnerable in the same way that you trust someone to not let you fall down or to you trust the chair to hold you up or whatever it mm -hmm. is like you have to actually be vulnerable enough to sit in the chair right mm -hmm. and so I think that that's a big part of what you're accomplishing by giving people the opportunity to be generous, right? And so uh, for us, that's part of what works for us for Radical Hospitality is because like we believe that like if you're actually giving someone the chance to be vulnerable enough to be taken care of by a stranger, right? Like that's, that's the crucial element, I think. Like I don't think there is the trust without the vulnerability. Yeah. And that's what I'm hearing you say, you know, is that like that's a, a big part of like why it's scary is because it's vulnerable. But at the same time, like, if you don't do the scary part, then there's no way for the awesome, generous part to ever show up, right? Um, you know, like, if you need something, you have to be vulnerable enough to ask for it. And a lot of folks, I think, don't. Like, they just don't ask for it, uh, which, is, which is maybe a, a big part of that problem we have without trusting each other is because... What if it's what if I'm vulnerable in this way and it doesn't work out the way that I want, mm -hmm. you know, or the way that I planned or the way that I hope? Um, but yeah, maybe just one more thing is um, like as you're as you guys are headed to you guys are headed to Mississippi today, mm -hmm. um, and like in the three weeks I guess that you've been on so far, like what's maybe been the biggest struggle and the most awesome thing that's happened? You know, like maybe some of that. Uh, and maybe that's on the spot, you know, just like you've only been on the road for a little while. And I, I know the cat story is pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> but is there something that's been a real major struggle that you would hope somebody would kind of like maybe reach out and be gracious enough to gift you something this way? Like in a way that says like maybe we struggled with this and if somebody would have just done this, it wouldn't have been that. Um, and then what's something that's the opposite, right? Like what's something that someone has done or offered that's made something easier? Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I probably could have phrased that question a little <laughs> bit more succinctly. But. Ooh, okay. So 
This is being put on the spot. Sorry. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm thinking for the first question, I don't know if there's something that, I don't know if this is something that an, like an additional person could have assisted us with or like another, you know, like if someone else's generosity could have made a difference here, but the, like our communication, we've had, our communication has grown up like really quickly <laughs> since, oh, there's talking. Okay. Um, like we've had, we've taken on ourselves upping the communication level, like being more adult about things. Cause when you're in the small space and you're spending all your time with one another, like as partners, as lovers, like we're lifelong partners, we're fiance, fiance. And I don't know, I guess I, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but Maybe, here's what maybe someone, an outside force could have made a difference is like kind of cracking that egg. Like we spent a lot of time around people in Houston and what we got from those people is like, you guys are an inspiration. Your partnership is like sexy, you know, you're fun to be around, which is cool because that brings that side out of us. But it could have also been cool for someone to say like, oh my god like have you guys gotten mad at each other yet like just to acknowledge the other side of it just to have like that space to be okay as lifelong partners and to be okay having moments where you're like where you can't see my hands right now but where there's tension like the moments <laughs> of tension in yeah. your relationship that i find is harder to be public about mm -hmm. like in general society, we tend to keep those things behind doors, but it's okay. Like we're human beings. We have those moments of communication not working. We have those moments of like feeling angry or upset or sad. And that could be something that people, people we meet along the way could contribute in a way that we haven't experienced yet. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna look. Like maybe another couple being like, Oh my gosh, I remember being in a small space and we, like being light about the, like, meh moments. Like adding fun and lightness to that communication sometimes doesn't work, especially when you're on the road in a small space together. So maybe like having somebody check in, you know, like, just like how, how, how is it? Like how is the relationship side of things how is the small space how is the are you pulling your hair out or each other's hair out uh, in the tiny space like so it might be helpful to have somebody offer their generosity as like checking in like yeah or like sh and share their story so like say we meet people a, a couple who's been together for 50 years right and they like know what it's all like to to hear those stories mm. and to know that, yeah, things happen and you can still have a 50 year long marriage with it. Like, some, I'd love to hear stories like that. Maybe people. like generosity of experience, like offer yeah. that to you, yeah? Yeah. That's great, yeah. And then, what was the other half of the question? 
Um, oh, just like uh, something that someone's offered you that has been. So that's something that you yeah. would have needed and then something that you did get. Well, this might seem really small for everyone else, but when we were, what is it, traveling from Mississippi to Texas? Yeah. I'm looking at Peter. When we crossed the when we crossed the waterway to the ferry. Okay. So we were driving along the coast and the road ends, right? The road ends and you take a ferry mm. to get to the other side of the road. And I knew this was happening, like this was our our next day, we we're gonna be doing this. But I was like so scared. I don't know why. I'm like, oh my god, we have to get on this ferry. Is Jasper gonna be okay? Do we have to get out of the car? Like, my brain was going crazy. I was like nervous and trying to analyze everything and like kept creating trust for my, like, this is all gonna work out. Like, it's just a ferry. But I was really nervous about this. And we stopped like at the small town right before where the ferry was. We stopped to get gas. And I go in and we're like, why don't we get some potato chips for this ferry ride? Like, let's get get ourselves a snack. And we go in and I'm like, kind of being shy and not really talking to the worker. But then they say like, I love your camper. I'm like, oh, thank you, yeah. We've been on the road for three weeks. And then like, I knew what would make a difference right there is that I just like shared my fear. So I was like, hey. <laughs> We're going across this ferry right now, and I'm really scared. And like her face just lights up, like big smile, and everything. I'm like, is it scary? And she's like, no, <laughs> not at all. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, you got nothing to worry about. It's fine. People do it all the time. Like her awesome country accent, twang. <laughs> and I like, that made such a difference for me in that moment. I'm like, okay. I'm putting all my trust into this person. It's going to be fine. And like this person's smiling. It might even be fun. Who knows? <laughs> and we end up crossing this ferry. And literally, it was like 30 seconds. Like you're on the water for 30 mm, seconds. Wow. And you're on the other side. So then I'm laughing. And I'm loving even more that I had that interaction with that person. Mm. Because it was a 30-second ferry ride. <laughs> so I probably, like... I got to contribute a little like fun joy for that person because they're you know laughing at someone who's never been on the ferry and they got to contribute to me by like blessing the fear and then having that really fun memory like that's such a fun simple memory for me to look at how scared I was talking with the person and saying there's nothing to be afraid of and then seeing like yeah there's nothing to be afraid of <laughs> so that was a huge contribution to me and that's actually, like, it's cool that you said that, like, something that you would have needed was somebody being generous with their experience. And then there the good go. thing was somebody being generous with their experience. There right? you go. <laughs> so that's cool. I think that's something to hold on to is that, like, a big part of trust is that, like, being vulnerable enough to say, is it scary? And then being vulnerable enough to say, no, it's not. Right? <laughs> and so, like, that's a... That's a cool aspect of like trusting each other with your experiences. Cause I mean, like, that's something that you said, like you said, it, it may come off really simple, but it made a big enough impact that you remember it and you want to tell that story, right? Yeah. And that worker probably enjoyed the fact that, like you said, like gets to walk away with like a, a fun thing that happened to me today. This lady with a camper was really scared of getting on the ferry, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> and that's something that they get to have, and you got to have that reassurance that it wasn't scary, right? Yeah. So that's cool to trust each other, be generous with one another with your experience. You know, that's worth holding on to. Well, awesome. Thanks for talking about this whole scenario. I feel yeah. like we've encountered a lot of things. So this is um, Jeannie Lyons, and she's from New York. Living was living in Pennsylvania, now lives in a Scotty, uh, following 1967, a, a 1967 yeah. Scotty camper, following a Jeep with her partner Peter, yeah. who make up together make up Juniper, um, and they're headed to Natchez, Mississippi, today. So thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. <laughs> You're awesome. You're awesome. So. You've been listening to Radical Hospitality with Todd Watley. Um, today our space was an awesome porch provided by 1921 Jackson Street in Alexandria, Louisiana. I'd like to say thanks to our first guest, Jeannie Lyons of Juniper, uh, and her partner, Peter Christian, for helping us out with microphone and sound things. Um, and for the coffee uh, and breakfast which was also provided by 1921 and so I will leave you with the charge to be good to each other and I will talk to you soon